But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There's an old proverb or a saying in English that some of you might know, which goes like this. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Now, there are similar expressions that are like that or the complete opposite in other cultures. So in Russian, you might say, better a hundred friends than a hundred rubles, which is especially true today. In India, there's a proverb that's the opposite. When you have a donkey for a friend, expect nothing but kicks. That's a little bit painful. Now, we as Christians, especially Protestant Christians, are used to talking about Jesus as our friend. We have whole hymns that are written about Jesus being our friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Or the old evangelical hymn, In the Garden, where we talk about Jesus walking with me and talking with me and telling me that I am his own. But the reality, if we're all honest with each other this morning, and I'm going to give a moment of honesty, even as a pastor, is that Jesus isn't like our earthly friends. My earthly friends, I can call up on the phone and I get a clear response usually to my questions. They actually do walk with me. They actually do talk with me. I can see them and they can give me a hug. We can eat together in a way that we can't quite do with our risen and ascended Lord Jesus right now. In fact, I would say that even the most faithful Christian, if they were to call out to Jesus right now and suddenly see him standing there right beside them, would probably be a little bit shocked. Oh, Jesus, where did you come from? So what do we mean when we say that Jesus is our friend? On the one hand, Jesus says, if anyone loves me, my father and I will come to him and make our home with him. Jesus does say he's going to be with us. But on the other hand, in our same gospel reading for this morning, Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, implying that there'll be a time he isn't anymore. Jesus says, I am going to the father. And he says, I will no longer talk much with you. But then there's the most confusing of all where Jesus says, I am going away and I will come to you. How are we supposed to interpret these words of Jesus? What kind of a friend is Jesus who says he's going away, but he'll also stay with us? What's going on? Well, if we go back to the very beginning of John's gospel, the words that we hear at Christmas time, at least in this space every year, we remember that John begins his story of the good news about Jesus by saying, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then near the end of that prologue, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is coming to be with us. He is going to his father. His remaining with us, where two or three of us are gathered in his name, is always tied to his word. Because he is 
in fact, God's word. Not simply in what he says, but by what he does. And where Jesus's word is present, where Jesus speaks to you through the things he said to the apostles as recorded in the evangelists, when you hear the account of his mounting the cross for your sins and rising again from the dead for you, he is among you. He is with you. That's why as Lutherans, we often talk about the importance and centrality of word and sacrament ministry. It's almost a shorthand for all sorts of things. Word and sacrament. Is there word and sacrament going on? How do you do word and sacrament? Well, really, I tell people it shouldn't be word and sacrament. It's the ministry of the word, which includes the sacraments which includes our prayer, which includes our gathering together, but it is always first and foremost, the word. Whether it's simply being spoken, whether it's coming with water, whether it's attaching itself to bread and wine, whether it's coming from a pastor or coming from a friend or coming from the scriptures, Jesus is amongst us with his word. Now, before Jesus was crucified, he tells the disciples at the Last Supper, words that you just heard this morning. These things I've spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. If Jesus, who is the Word, is going to continue to be living and active among you and I in this world. His word must be among us. And if his word is going to dwell among us and be living and active within us, we need a helper. We need a helper who can make that happen because it's just not in us. We can make it to baseball games. We can make sure we're watching our favorite TV series. We can remember our doctor's appointments. But it is and will always be, even for Christians, a struggle to be with Jesus in the word. That's our sinful nature. We'd rather not hear it. But Jesus says, that's okay. I know you. And so I will send a helper. And he will make sure my word dwells among you. If Jesus is to be our friend in need, we need a helper indeed. And Jesus says the helper that he's going to send is none other than the Spirit, the Pentecost Spirit, the Spirit we are acknowledging here today, the Spirit that was blown out by Jesus at the very last moment from the cross when he says it is accomplished and gave up his spirit. The same spirit Jesus blew onto the apostles and said, now if you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you retain any sins, they are retained. The same spirit that descended upon the 11 gathered together in Jerusalem as tongues of fire, giving them the ability to proclaim Jesus to all those different languages of the people gathered there that morning. Now, the word that we translate as helper is a fancy word in Greek. So today, your fancy Greek word for the day is paraclete. Not parakeet, 
that's a bird and it goes in a cage. <laughs> and in fact, the Holy Spirit does not descend as a parakeet at Jesus' baptism, but as a dove. A paraclete is almost like a lawyer, counselor, advisor, all rolled into one. So sometimes we translate paraclete as helper, as in our text here today, sometimes as encourager, as admonisher, as advocate. Africans sometimes call him the one who falls down beside us, that you are never alone, even when you fall on your face. He is the opposite of a donkey friend. He is the one who will not kick you when you're down, but help you up. And this paraclete is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not some freewheeling ghost that Jesus kind of sets loose on the world and says, no instructions, no agenda, do whatever you want. Any more than Jesus is given the freedom to do whatever he wants, which is why he says to us this morning, the word that you hear is not mine, but the fathers who sent me. Father, Son, Spirit, they are not three gods. They are one God who speak together the same message, who have together one mission, the redemption of fallen humans. And so when the Spirit is breathed out through Jesus into the world from the Father, his job is to bring you to the foot of the cross, to remind you of the one who is the Word, to make that Word dwell richly in hearts that don't want to hear it, to break through that stubbornness that each and every one of us has to loving God with all our heart and soul and mind and loving our neighbor as ourselves. People sometimes ask me, Pastor, do you have any proof of the existence of God? And of course, I first speak about Jesus and the accounts we have of him and his miracles and his death and his resurrection and his ascension. This is the God I believe in. But if you ask me for something I can look at now, I look at the fact that anything good happens in the world at all. The reality is we are not really great people. Even I am not a really great person. I'm not standing here in front of you because I'm holier than you. I'm only standing in front of you because somebody has to do it. Because Jesus says somebody has to do it. When I see good happening in the world, when I see people loving their neighbors, when I see people breaking sores into plowshares, when I see the hungry being fed and the homeless being sheltered and orphans being welcomed into homes and widows being looked after, I cannot but say there must be a God because left to our own devices, these are not the kinds of things we do. Humans have the propensity to be mean and nasty. God is not. The Spirit is at work even outside of the Christian church, maintaining law and order and peace and civility and tranquility and reminding people that they are not very good, but that we have a friend who is, a friend who came to us in our need, who is Jesus. And by reminding us of that fact, the helper Spirit is a friend indeed. Some of you might remember Toy Story, great movie, Toy Story. And I couldn't help but as I was preparing these words this morning, thinking of Randy Newman's famous song, you have a friend in me. 
you've got a friend in me, you've got a friend in me, when the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said. Boy, you've got a friend in me. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus, our crucified Lord, who died for you and for me for our sins, was and is our friend in need. But how do we know that? Because the Spirit is the one who has opened our ears and our hearts to that message and given us faith that we might believe. And so this Pentecost and throughout this Pentecost season, we remember that the Helper Spirit is our friend indeed. In the name of Jesus Christ, from whom comes the Spirit from the Father. Amen.